0: And two hemispheres, enfolding every race, nation, and language. Then you're considering Catholicism. Well, welcome to the podcast. I'm here with Corey. We say hi, Corey. Hello. (laughs) We are once again in the deep piney woods along the shores of the Great Lakes, and we, it's a fine summer evening. And we are following up on an episode we did recently about evolution. Mm-hmm. And we kept saying in that conversation, you know, we should come back mm-hmm. to uh, unpack some of this a little bit more. Well, it just leads off into so many other uh, th- other
1: topics that are related.
0: Right. And the one that we want to kind of pick up on coming out of that last one is this notion that the, that Catholicism is opposed to science. Because I think that's where a little bit of this subtext came from in our, in our conversation where we were saying, well, like, hey, you know, evolutionary biology says this, or the sciences say this and this, and Catholicism, you know, is seen by many people as opposed to science.
1: It's a very popular misconception. Right. And a lot of people either leave the church or are not uh, motivated to look at the church in the first place because they believe that.
0: Right. So what I wanted to do in this conversation is drill down on this issue of whether the Catholic Church is opposed to or the enemy of or an antagonist of or whatever you want to say of science, Mm -hmm. okay? Because I think what we're going to say here, well, we'll see where this goes, but I don't think that it is if we understand the terms, Mm -hmm. okay? Right. So let me kind of kick this off by kind of framing the conversation and then I'll throw it to you, okay? Okay. So when people say Christianity in general is opposed to science and Catholicism in particular, Mm -hmm. they'll say, is opposed to science, they have this notion that there are these, these sort of two competing worldviews Mm -hmm. and that the Christian worldview or the religious worldview is opposed to this strictly rational science worldview. And on the one hand, I think that's true. And on the other hand, I think it's not true. And that's what I want to sort of explore is the differentiation or the, the, the ways in which it is and isn't true. Right. So to do that, I want to introduce a distinction. Um, we can use the vocabulary in a lot of different ways, but let's start with this. Let's start with science. What is science? Mm-hmm. Now, I'm going to start with an understanding of science that Like I learned in school, I don't know what they teach them in the schools these days, but what I learned in school, and I think pretty defensibly, you know, what science is, which is science is a way that the material world is observed empirically meaning you go out and you look at it Mm -hmm. and you observe it, you measure it,
1: right? You make observations, you do experiments,
0: yeah. Yeah, observations, experiments, right? So you're looking in the raw, you're out there like, you know, looking at stars or looking at plants or this, that, or you're conducting careful experiments, but you are empirically, it means through experientially observing, measuring, and then drawing or untestable conclusions, right? So science, what it does, it advances hypotheses. It says, I believe like, okay, right behind you, as you sit there, there is a white pine tree. Mm -hmm. And just off to my left, there is a red pine tree. And there, you can tell the difference, you know, white pine or red pine, because a white pine has five needles growing out of the cluster and a red pine has two. Mm -hmm. Okay. Now that's a, that's an observation that you go out, you draw conclusions, you look at enough pine trees, you count needles, you look at their bark, you right? And mm-hmm. so a botanist over time classified these things and says white pine. a white pine is a particular kind of pine that has certain characteristics, including five needles. A red pine is a particular kind of pine that has two needles growing in of the cluster, right? Right. And, but at first it advances a hypothesis. My hypothesis is that all white pines have five needles, all red pines have two needles. And then people can go test that hypothesis. A thousand other botanists can go out there and you know, look at pine trees and walk through forests and count them, and they and you know the first guy publishes a paper which is peer reviewed, mm-hmm. and after a certain amount of time, people come to accept that observation and it becomes an accepted, uh, accepted classification, right?
1: right? Because the evidence supports it and it hasn't been disproven, right?
0: That is science in its purest sense. It is observation of the empirical observation of the material world. Processed through the scientific method, reviewed hypotheses, conclusion theories, conclusions. Mm-hmm. Right now, I don't believe that Catholicism is, or Christianity as opposed to science, as I described it, at all. That is the scientific method, and we'll get into this a little bit in this conversation. That the church has always supported, but there is another way that the word science is used. Mm-hmm. I'm going to say it's science with a capital S as opposed to science with a small s. If science with a small s is what I just described a moment ago, empirical observation and conclusions and experimentation and all that of the material world, science with a capitalist is a worldview. Um, sometimes it's called scientism, but basically it is a worldview, almost a quasi-religious or philosophical worldview that, uh, of scientific materialism. And it's the notion that only the material world exists. Nothing exists, either nothing exists beyond the material world or nothing beyond the material world is knowable. If it does exist, it's not knowable and it doesn't matter.
1: Well, and it privileges scientific knowledge and the scientific method is is really the only valid way of obtaining knowledge.
0: Yeah, I think that's right. The only valid way of obtaining it and the only... Knowledge that is valid. Mm-hmm. So, in other words, if you have knowledge that's not derived from the scientific method and observation of the material world, th- that doesn't count as knowledge. And, and so, this kind of scientific materialism, called scientism, science with a capital S, now that is directly opposed to Christianity mm-hmm. and Catholicism because the central claim of christianity catholicism and for that matter of almost every other religion that i can think of islam buddhism hinduism whatever is that there is a material world a world of plants and dirt and stars and things that you can touch and feel and smell right mm-hmm. but that there are things that exist beyond there is an immaterial world sometimes if there is a if the first is called the natural world the material was that there is a supernatural Mm -hmm. that exists beyond it and that's a central fundamental claim rationale tenant of all the world's religions so yes religion in general and christianity catholicism in particular is opposed to scientific materialism or the belief in science as the only or highest form or only valid. Form of knowledge, mm-hmm. right? Yes. But it's not opposed to that science with a small s, which is a scientific method and observation and uh, careful observation of the material world. Okay, I'll stop talking. Your turn.
1: Yeah, so I, I think it would be helpful to go back to something you alluded to there, talking about science um, and the sort of the history or the track record of the church with science. And, and what you see if you actually Take a an honest look at the history of thought and the history of science. Is that you have sort of abortive attempts at creating the scientific method and launching serious scientific knowledge in every religion and philosophy and culture and civilization until you get to medieval Christendom. Um, you you have kind of false starts. You you of course have have the Greeks and there's there's some scientific um, inquiry going on there. Um, you have some things going on in medieval Islamic society, but all of these kind of stall and come to, a, come to a screeching halt for one reason or the other, because they don't have two essential philosophical premises that Christianity has um, in one form or another that that makes it stop. And so Christianity, like some other religions, teaches that God created the universe and that he is separate from it. He is other than it. And and this is not an original insight here that this has been noted many times before. But if you ascribe to some kind of animism or pantheism or those kinds of religious systems where God and the universe are very closely associated or even considered to be sort of two sides of the same coin, then eventually your your scientific inquiry into the physical world is going to stall out. Because you may appreciate God and you may worship God. You can go have a mystical experience in the mountains or in the forest or something if if that's an aspect of, of God's essence, but you're not going to poke at it and investigate it and experiment on it. that That's just something that's not going to go forward very far. And so Christianity teaches this, that the, the universe is other than God, that it's legitimate to experiment on and to investigate. And then following from that, it, it teaches that that God is reasonable and rational and has created the universe in a way that's, that's intelligible, that's consistent, that has laws um, that we can plumb the depths of, that we can figure out how this all works and that it's consistent. It's not, God is not capricious. Um, it's not gonna change. Um, you have, especially in a lot of ancient pagan cultures, the sense that the world is chaotic and inconsistent and capricious and we never know how things are gonna go and we can't understand it. But Christianity combines these two things, these, these two premises in a way that allows, um, after, after these ideas have, have sort of sunken into the, the Christian culture for scientific inquiry really to take off and grow and flourish in a way that it didn't anywhere else before that.
0: Yeah, well said. I, I would add, just add to that or expand on that, the notion that particularly came out of um, medieval, as you say, medieval Catholicism not only did God create an orderly universe, which therefore is knowable and therefore is subject to cataloging its laws. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you can calculate, uh, you know, the velocity of a, the wingspan, <laughs> of a, <laughs> wingspan of a wingspan of a European sparrow or whatever, right? Mm-hmm. You can calculate scientific laws and, and, and principles and, and these things, and they're consistent. Right. I mean, you know, I'm just thinking force equals uh, mass times acceleration squared. Mm -hmm. Right. That doesn't change from one day to the next or from circumstance to the next. It's always the same. And as you say, the pagans, not only did they believe that the universe was to some degree, as you said, capricious or fluid. They also believe that the gods were capricious, mm-hmm. so Zeus could decide to turn into a swan because he wanted to r- rape the the tree naiad or something stupid, right? Mm-hmm. But also in Islam, and we could get into this whole thing about oh, know, sure. Islamic science, but also. That, that Islam posits a God who, whose sovereignty makes the universe subject to his capricious will. Right. It's so, a
1: voluntarism, that his, his will is above reason and, and yeah, can it, it, make it, a decision, can, can contradict itself.
0: Allah might want to have red pines with five needles or six needles or 18 needles. Uh, inshallah, if God wills it, so it be. And so there is a sort of capriciousness. and what that what that did in especially the medieval universities, right? Where mm-hmm. science, you know, Western science was really born, was the notion that because we had a rational, knowable, orderly, consistent universe given to us by a good uh, and reliable God or whatever, that then it was worth going out and observing and cataloging. And calculating and making empirical observations and drawing hypotheses and conclusions, because you can know it. Mm-hmm. So Catholicism is, in fact, has never been opposed to that Christianity's never opposed to that. But I want to come back to this scientific materialism, mm-hmm. right? Which I do think is a fundamental contradiction. The notion that, you know, right, the sort of scientism or belief that is so prevalent today that sort of worships scientific materialism. Mm-hmm. Right. Which is what so many today are enamored of, because it really is a rejection of God. Someone's gonna say, "Oh, you know," but I really think that's what it is. I mean, it, and I don't well, believe that. Oh, it's explicitly that. that. I mean, explicitly that is it, nobody's it, arguing that, right? It, it basically says, uh, "I reject the notion of a supernatural. I reject the notion of a God. I reject the notion that there's any knowledge, or or there any there is anything, much less any knowledge about anything beyond what we can see, feel, measure." Right. Mm -hmm. Observe. And this becomes super weird. Right. So it becomes this kind of uh, religious belief in the material world. and And it becomes circular because it's
1: we can't we can't observe it. Why not? Because it doesn't exist.
0: Well, and in that, then scientists, particularly certain kinds of scientists, become sort of the priests of scientific materialism right? Mm-hmm. Because there are no other people. These are the people that deliver truth to us. These are the people that mediate truth to us. These are the people that, you know, are the, the highest form of, of uh, knowledge that we can have is knowledge of the material world. And so you began to see this. Now, one of the things that led to this or threw gasoline on this fire was of course, Karl Marx, who, you know, didn't come up with the idea but bought completely into this materialist notion as sort of a scientific materialism that mankind through science, the social sciences and the physical sciences, was going to perfect the material world, including perfecting society. Mm -hmm. And that there is this struggle over and against the opiate of the masses, which is religion, which deceives people to perfect the material world and life in the material world. And we have been living with that now for 150 years. And to the degree that Marxism uh, has has morphed into so many different contemporary ideologies, right? Mm-hmm. It has become the sort of primary opponent of Christianity and Catholicism in the contemporary world. You know, maybe another conversation when can talk about neo-paganism as a sort of whole other thing, mm-hmm. right? But But this is this sort of angry, Sort of assertion you get from people that get your God and all your mumbo jumbo and your sky fairy God and all your fake mumbo jumboing and and your church just wants to persecute scientists who just want to show us the material world and don't tell me anything else. So let's talk a little bit about that mm. because one of the things that I mean, first of all, obviously. I reject that because I am a theist. I am a Christian. Uh, I'm a right, uh, as would all you know Buddhists and Hindus and Muslims and everybody else, We all reject it. And I particularly as a Christian and as a Catholic, reject it right, right? because because they have a lot of rules, right? I mean, go mm-hmm. go talk to a go talk to one of those people. They have all kinds of moral laws and rules. Which is a little weird because if all we can do is essentially go around and observe the differences between pine trees, and mm-hmm. draw conclusions about the empirical world, then, uh, you, you know what I'm saying? There, right, this, right. They, these people are chock full of uh, moral, ethical, philosophical uh, edicts.
1: Well, they end up just being assertions or presuppositions. Um, And, and there's one at the very heart of, of that, the idea that if... If materialism is true and there's there's nothing outside of the observable world and you know, I'm just a collection of atoms called Corey and you're just a collection of atoms called Greg, then it shouldn't really matter whether I know that or not, or whether I tell people that or not, or whether I say something else, whether I preach Christianity or Islam or the flying spaghetti monster or or whatnot, like there wouldn't be any way of judging whether that's right or wrong or not. It might be true or false or not but to assign a, a moral value to that truth or falsity is is another step that that isn't that isn't warranted by the the mere assertion of of materialism
0: let me pick a, an example that um you know <laughs> let me pick a, I don't to say it's controversial but okay Let's suppose I'm talking to my friend who is a scientific materialist, right? Mm -hmm. Believes just science, science, keep your religion and all of your uh, philosophical Christian mumbo jumbo and all of your sky fairies and all of that stuff. I just believe in science, 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 I tell you, right? Is all I believe in. I go, cool. I'm going to drown, pup. you know? I'm going to, right, I'm going to go catch dolphins and drift nets. I'm going to, right. Throw I'm gonna, your plastic straws into I'm, the sea. I'm going to throw my plastic straws into the sea to, you know, I'm going to, you know, poison pigeons in the park, right? I mean,
1: well, you can't do that. You can't do that to animals because we have to be. To be fair, I'm not in favor of any of those things. Right, but. no, right,
0: right. But, right, but they'll they'll start asserting animal rights to me and ethics about animals. Now, to be perfectly clear, I believe in animal ethics. I am a great animal lover and I believe in animal ethics, but that comes from my Christianity, Mm -hmm. right? That becomes from my Catholicism because I believe they're God's creatures, right? But if all, all, but if all you have is the scientific method and I go around and I classify bottlenose dolphins from whatever the other kind are, Mm non-bottlenose dolphins, right? And I, and I, and all I do is just, you know, sort of make observations about the material world and draw scientific conclusions out of them. Well, who are you to tell me what ethics are, right? I mean, who are you to tell me that I, I should, I shouldn't, you know, eat a steak every night and, and, and I shouldn't, you know, uh, butcher animals, right? I'm, I'm picking obviously an extreme example because, because what you have in, in, in that world a lot of times is, is a lot of, 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 of very clear strident moral laws but those moral laws aren't based on anything or well they are they're based on their intuitive senses and they're this right, right? but 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 the, the you can't get from the scientific method science with a small s mm-hmm. you especially can't get from scientific materialism to uh you know these ethics about animals or 10,000 other things that yeah. No, I, ironically, I think
1: it, it's quite often based on a very non-material um, source, which is an intuition or an observation of beauty or, or goodness. Um, and you can't, you can't scientifically um, assert what is beautiful and what, what isn't. Beauty is not a, a, I mean, it's a physical phenomenon in the sense that physical things that I can see are, are beautiful, but you can't experimentally verify what's beautiful or not. That brings us into philosophy, which is a
0: non-scientific realm of knowledge. I think you're onto something there because I think wh- what happens is the materialist, it's such a starved and sort of a poor existence to be a materialist. It, and it's and it's unsustainable, it's unlivable mm-hmm. because, because A, it isn't true. And so the materialist can sit there and say, I refuse to believe that there's anything beyond what I observe, but I'm constantly haunted by this, these these senses, moral senses, senses of of ethics, senses of moral law, sense of these which are built into us that you can't explain or have no rational basis if there is nothing but the material universe, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, pick, pick it. I mean, I'm obviously using the animal thing, but you could talk about murder. You could talk about this. You could talk about anything else. What's weird is if you follow the scientific materialist uh road to its logical conclusion that's where we end up with genocides okay that's where you end up with um following marxism to its rational conclusion in stalin or or mao or pol pot the killing fields right because at the end of the day then well people are there there is nothing beyond the material of the universe there is no ethic beyond it uh survive at most you might argue some utilitarian notion of survival of the species and if that means eliminating these people or killing these people or you know, doing this or that. Well, whatever, you do whatever, right?
1: But even that becomes unsustainable because you can't, you know, experimentally or observationally verify that, you know, our species is particularly worthy of survival.
0: And so so really the the, the scientific materialist, really it it, it is an unsustainable place. And then they're constantly drawing on some kind of ethics, but their ethics are not examined and they're not rooted in anything. I mean, I look around at these trees, I look around at the animals and I say, well, this is my father's world and I, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, right? And he shines in all that's fair, you know, the rocks and trees, Mm -hmm. you know, blah, 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 right? I mean, I look at all of this and I think of St. Francis of Assisi, you know, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, And I think about a God who created this and made me a steward of it. And I have accountability to God. I also think like you say, of truth, goodness, and beauty. I look at the animal I look at his beauty, I look at the tree and I look at its beauty, I see these things and I realize that those, per Francis of Assisi, right? That these things come from God, they are reflections mm-hmm. of him. It is it, you know, praise God because he has made these beautiful things that draw me back to the creator. So what I'd say is that, you know, the the Catholic notion of these ethics is rooted in, I mean, we can talk about those things, are rooted deeply in in our notions of that there is more to this, than just the material world. Mm-hmm. But scientism, this belief, this, this, this ardent belief in science and the scientific materialism is really this kind of, it either ends in sort of absurdity or unsustainability in as much as the person can't really live uh, the scientific material life without sort of inventing ethics and inventing morals and that, mm-hmm. or they really do follow that down the rabbit hole and you end up with Paul Pot, The Killing Fields. Mm-hmm.
1: Right. You you have to go somewhere with it. You can't just kind of sit with it as it is.
0: Yeah. So as we as we kind of look at the Catholic Church and this notion of science, we we come back to I think the fact that the Catholic Church, Christianity in general, is is very comfortable science. And here here's the thought I wanna kind of explore here before as we kind of draw to the end of the episode and get your thoughts to this. I, I would actually say that Christianity in general, Catholicism in particular, um, that there's, it only makes three claims that have anything to do with science or three points at which somebody who believes in science with a capital S might find it disagreeable, okay? Uh, The first point is that there is something beyond the material world. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. I mean, just a the fundamental fu- point. The fundamental yeah. point, right? So, a person who is a scientific materialist would say, I reject Catholicism because it asserts a God. And I go, okay, fine. That's a point of contention. The weird thing about it is that the scientific method can't tell you anything about it mm-hmm. because all it can do is observe the material world. So, if I claim there's something beyond the material world, there's nothing that you can see, feel, measure touch feel smell put in a lab notebook look at it through a telescope look at it through a microscope that can tell you whether something beyond the things that you see feel touch and observe mm-hmm.
1: yeah it's it's weirdly a sort of funhouse mirror um mirror image of you know some kind of wacky mysticism where you you start denying the the reality of the physical world around you whether this is you know christian science or or right. some forms of buddhism where because only the philosophical or the religious is a way of obtaining knowledge and therefore you, you end up denying the validity of the physical world and right. of the sciences. But it's, it's the opposite. You, you say philosophy and religion are bunk because they do not um, obtain truth through the same method as I do when I, when I do physical observations of the world. Right.
0: So my first point where I would say someone could argue that Catholicism and science, the scientific worldview are at odds, are simply the worldview mm-hmm. uh, but but that isn't resolved that doesn't make science Catholic kind of some anti science it just makes it anti-materialist and the materialist can't really we just have to have that argument the only way to resolve that argument is through philosophy
1: right the, and, and as we discussed and with intuition. just with just the um the historical record the fact that you believe in the supernatural has not, uh, you know, stunted or, or stopped your investigation of, of the natural. Right. It's not as if you, you stop believing in right. science because you believe in God and angels. Okay. The second
0: point at which I think one could argue that Christianity or Catholicism is opposed to science, the capital S or scientism, is the notion of origins, what we talked about in the last episode right, right. about Um, the origins of the world and evolution. And that is a point where I will grant that Catholicism or Christianity makes assertions. And as we saw in the last episode, we can have a lot of disagreements about uh, how that all plays out, but it's going to make, uh, uh, there is going to be a difference of opinion about the origins of the world and the origins of mankind, Mm -hmm. okay? Granted, that is a point of contention. But then we get to the only other thing that I can think of in terms of being opposed to science is Christianity and Catholicism asserts particular miracles, okay? Now, a few minutes ago, we were talking about how God is consistent and not capricious and he makes the world in certain ways and white pine trees always have five needles and red pine trees always have two needles and that's, then God makes it that way. And and you can count on that because he's consistent, except if he makes a miraculous tree. Right, right. Right? But here's the point is that Catholicism asserts particular miracles, right? I mean, he -hmm. doesn't just, God doesn't go around making like weird, you know, needle fluid trees. Mm -hmm. Uh, What it is, is uh, rare occasions, that's why they're called miracles, at very rare occasions, a supernatural God, who is a creator, chooses, using his power, to do particular miracles. So, uh, raising Jesus from the dead, raising Lazarus from the dead, Mm -hmm. um, right? Healings. Uh, Healings, uh, parting the Red Sea. Water into wine every, on every altar, at every mass, right? The transubstantiation of the elements. But the assertion there is that those are particular miracles. And the Catholic is not saying, hey, uh, the the world is this kind of mishmash, gooey thing that is not knowable through science. It is knowable through science. It's just from time to time, the Creator of the material world chooses to intervene. And and on that, that seems to me that the, the science with a capital S people, you have to go back to the top and argue about whether there's a God or not. Right, right. The science with a small S though, the scientific method can investigate particular miracles. So here's a perfect example, the Shroud of Turin, mm-hmm. right? So, right, do you, you know what the Shroud of Turin is? It's in... torino italy right as that's not where it came from right but that's where it's traditionally been and it is uh claimed to be the burial shroud of christ in which he was resurrected right right buried and then resurrected and it has all these extraordinary properties and blah 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 and so over the years it has been subjected to various you know examinations carbon 14 dating and radio sampling of the materials electron microscope something or other right right now that is applying the science and and, you know guess guess who did that the vatican the vatican Mm -hmm. right i mean the catholic church led and and not only facilitated but led those scientific method evaluations because if if the electron scanning microscope and the radiocarbon dating and this and that shows that it's fake then it's fake mm-hmm. right and, and and again i'm not going to do an episode about the shroud of turin here but the 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 point is is that that the smallest scientific method can investigate a particular miracle like the shroud of turin and try to determine whether that miracle is valid or not which is what is done a lot of times when there are miraculous claims brought to the vatican say in the canonization process for a, mm-hmm. a saint in which scientists are brought in to examine the claimed miracles. And many in almost the vast majority of the cases, the scientific method rules the mountains as the miracle wasn't a miracle. Mm-hmm. It's only a very small number that are, that are validated. So, well, the, so the Catholic is not claiming that, that the scientific method is suspended but that is claiming that God on rare occasions chooses to make an exception or intervene in the material universe. And that exception, you, the, the, the principle that God can do that from time to time is a philosophical principle, but any particular instance of it is subject to scientific method examination.
1: Right. And, and the irony there is that the person who believes in miracles, or at least believes that miracles could be possible, is open to to the workings of the scientific method there. We can right. do an investigation. We can make all of the physical observations and and figure out whether it's true or not. Whereas the person who's committed to materialism has shut down the scientific process. They're not willing to look. They a priori have drawn the conclusion that it can't possibly be a miracle. And so there's no science to
0: do here, nothing to see here, go home. Now, it just occurs to me as, you, as we say this, that now we're gonna to need to do another episode Mm-mm. about a particular type of miracle and that is uh transubstantiation of the eucharist mm-hmm. because that is a kind of a unique miracle mm-hmm. um and a lot of people object to it including <laughs> like protestants right who don't mm-hmm. believe in it uh and and that really does go back at the, the history of that miracle or at least the scientific understanding of it or the claims about it mm-hmm. really do go back to the, these notes of Aristotle medieval universities, mm-hmm. the difference of what happened in the enlightenment. And that's a, that's going to have to, we have to come back to that because yeah. it's a very particular kind of miracle that is not subject under normal instances to the scientific method. Right. It's a, it's a unique miracle in many ways. It's a very unique miracle because the claim that the, uh, that the elements are essentially or substantively transformed, but not accidentally, is not subject to scientific examination. but of course, the claim there is not that they are literally they are accidentally right you know, so yeah however, however, when there are Eucharistic miracles where it's claimed that that the the substance is made manifest accidentally. Mm. In, in some of those instances, those have, and the Vatican has subjected them.
1: Yeah, and I believe we did examiner. we did a whole episode about Eucharistic miracles, or at least that was part of our discussion yeah. in previous episodes. Well, so if, if anyone's interested in that, they can,
0: they can Yeah, I that think one. we may want to come back to that and talk about in the, mm-hmm. in, in the light of the sort of scientific sure, method and sure. how those sort are of investigated. So anyway, this has been a little bit of a meandering thing here, but I hope that the the listeners got something out of this in the sense of, that the Catholic Church is not opposed to the scientific method or the empirical sciences by any means. In fact, it's been a champion of them, but that the elevation of science to a sort of world, a scientific materialist worldview is fundamentally opposed to Catholicism, but on philosophical grounds.
1: Hmm.
0: Yeah, not ones that are based on the actual scientific observations. Right. Okay. Thanks, Yeah. Thanks, All right, bye. Thank you for listening. My name is Greg Smith, and if you've enjoyed this podcast, would you please hit the like and subscribe buttons wherever you get your podcasts, and please share it with others. And if you're curious about the Catholic worldview and faith, the church and its saints, or Catholic history, culture, and art, then visit consideringcatholicism.com. And email me to let me know what you think, greg at consideringcatholicism.com.